can't believe that. I can't believe that. Football, by the hell. Hey guys, welcome back to MSCI Podcast with Liz and Amy. Today, we're going to be talking about the men's ultimately routine 4-1 win over Newcastle and the women's 4-2 win over West Ham. Then we'll briefly touch on what the hell is going on with Project Big Picture and preview the upcoming games against PSG and Chelsea. So thanks for joining us. So guys, we're going to try something new for this episode. We're going to do three-word reviews for the game. So, Liz, what are your what is your three-word review? Aaron, Juan, Bissaka. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, first goal, first senior goal. So, I'm proud of him. Mine is Ollie holds on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um you and I were messaging each other during the game and we we're just like, there's no way he's surviving this week. Like uh, When the lineup dropped, I was just like, hmm, oh yeah, I, I don't think he's surviving this week. I, I think he bought himself a little bit of time. Yeah. You know what? He might, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say I'm completely Ollie out or Ollie in. I just, we need to see how this week goes. When the lineup dropped, I was like, oh God, he's just not doing himself any favors. But then uh, the team worked pretty well yesterday. Um, yeah. Apart from that bizarre goal, which was ridiculous. It was, it was really good. It was, we were solid throughout. I mean, we couldn't create enough chances, but then once we got Donnie in, like the game just changed. See, but that goes back to the initial problem I had with, the lineup in the first place we struggled for what 85 minutes or so not struggled but like we we didn't we weren't winning right you know donnie could have started i don't know why donnie didn't i don't know why he didn't yeah obviously it made sense it made sense to bench pogba but not donnie everything good that happened in the match came in after donnie and pogba came on so it's like well so this is our second one of the season (laughs) so far and (laughs) i I don't know if Brighton counts <laughs> because oh. we kind of uh, debatable, debatable that one. Debatable, like that one is a question mark because technically at the full time whistle we weren't winning, but whatever. <laughs> this is our tenth comeback win against Newcastle, which is the most we have against any team ever. So I feel like Newcastle should probably look at themselves and wonder what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> this is also our fifth own goal that we scored against Newcastle. So um, congratulations, Luke Shaw, for. Um, Adding to the record. <laughs> this also Luke Shaw has as many own goals now as he has goals. Both what? of them are one. Both of them are one. He scored one goal ever. What, and and during the whole time he's been like at a United. Profe- no, no, no. Like as a professional player, he scored one goal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah, his first goal was like I forgot which one it was. Like in the first, it was the first match of the last Mourinho season. He scored. I think it was like a. Um, I don't know who it was against, but yeah. So congratulations, Luke Shaw, I guess. Juan Mata was directly involved in nine goals against Newcastle. This is one of, I think this is the most consecutive goal contributions of a player against Newcastle. He has four goals and five assists, and he had another really great game. This is Bruno's 20th goal contribution in his 18 Premier League matches that it he's played for us so far. Blows my mind. This is Juan Bissaka's first goal and on his yeah. 50th appearance. Um, 
he becomes the 116th player, like different player to score for United in the Premier League era, which is pretty cool. And we won both our away matches this season and we lost both of our home matches. So what does that say about us? I don't know. Uh, I mean, you could argue yeah. that it's not really, I mean, there's not really the home effects anymore now that the fans aren't there. Traveling to Newcastle is pretty, it, that's a pretty long trip. And so is Brighton. Like, they're not close by. So, like, you have travel, you have, you know, just the stress of constantly wearing masks and checking into hotels and all the stuff that they do. Obviously, they're traveling in more comfort than a normal person. But, I mean, that's still a strain. So I find it kind of weird that they're winning those matches versus just, like, getting up and coming to Old Trafford, but hey, yeah. you know. Also, there's only four matches, so we don't really have the sampling pool to be like, this is a pattern, but I mean, we got battered by both Crystal Palace and Spurs, so. Yeah, um, we have a goal difference of minus three, which is awful, but four matches in, yeah. hopefully it'll get better. We conceded 12 goals so far, which is almost half of what we conceded last season, so that yeah. is god-awful. Um, we're still 14th. So uh, Newcastle are ahead of us. They are 11th, I think. Oh, God. Um, I can tell you. Give me a second. Yep, they're 11th. Yep. So, But that uh, with a game in hand, to be fair. We have a game in hand or them? We have a game in hand. Okay, we started so, a week later. Okay, so maybe we'll go up to 10th in the next... Oh, wait, our next game. Is- I, saw, I saw a stat saying that if, like, Liverpool lose the next game... Oh, no. So if they lose the next game and we win the next game and the game we have in hand, then we surpassed them. Yeah, well, Liverpool lost their last game 7-2 Sorry. and then couldn't win their... Against Everton. Yeah. I mean, they almost won, and but then they had the goal disallowed, but Everton were so much better. That was not offside. No, but... That was so not offside. No, but, like, Everton but, had um, so many chances to win that, though. I didn't watch all of it, to be fair, but I didn't see the offside. And I saw the Pickford tackle, which he should have been sent <laughs> off. Like, that was horrible. And But now Van Dijk is out for the season, probably, so... As someone who, like, acutely knows how horrible ACL injuries are, I feel very bad for Van Dijk and obviously yeah. for Liverpool fans and stuff like that. But, um... Yeah, this is going to change their season. They're not. Yeah, definitely. Although I don't think Van Dyke's having a good season. So we'll see what happens. I mean, speedy recovery and all that. But yeah. Uh, <gasps> oh, oh what sorry. What? I need to stop live reacting. But Tottenham just blew a 3-0 lead to West Ham. And really? It's 3-3. And it's, yeah, it's, the match just ended. What? <laughs> No, that's, that's that's crazy. Oh, this is such a Spurs thing to do. It's like Chelsea. Too. How do you? Yeah. How what? do you blow it? Uh, uh, let's not talk about this because we might blow three 0 lead against whoever. <laughs> well, but yeah, that just happened. That is very Spursy. The second shot, his own goal went in. I was just like, um, let's just end it. Like, I don't, I don't want to see this anymore because the thing is, like, it was such a stupid. I mean, I don't, I don't get how it went in one. It was just incredibly unlucky, to be fair. But did he have a good game though? Like overall? No, no. no okay, I don't think so, so. Also, I wanted to see Talis play. So yeah, and so because he didn't have a good game and the own goal went in, I'm just going to blame him, even if it it was a little bit unlucky. And it was unlucky, but to be yeah. fair, the defense was still quite shambles. De Gea pulled up a number of really good stops to keep it. Just the one. And he yeah. didn't have any blame for that own goal. He was deflected. No. He was going the other way. Yeah, 
But he had a great he game. He had a really good have. game. Yeah. It would have been awesome game. men of the match if it wasn't for like Mata and Bruno playing out. Mm-hmm. And so okay. a good game. So yeah. then Maguire equalized on the 23rd minute. And oh, wait, but we had Bruno's canceled equalizer, which was a really good build Oh, yeah, up. yeah. Yeah. But Mata was just a touch off for, for the return yeah. pass. But it was like, it was a good, you know, the fact, what they were doing was beginning to build up and they, they knew it was going to, I knew we were going to score at some point then. Yeah, I mean, that finish was awesome, even if it was mm-hmm. offside. It was a lot, yeah. But yeah. Um, Maguire equalized, which is the height of irony because obviously a good chunk of our fan base has been on his case, rightfully in my opinion, because I know everyone's like rewriting this and it's like, oh, let's think about his mental health and all of that. And this pisses okay. me off though, because like <laughs> we have players who have gone through similar situations and they haven't been given a break. Like Lingard came out specifically saying how it how hate has like affected his mental health. And has that changed anyone's? Has anyone stopped picking on him? Has he stopped being made the punchline to every joke? No. But now I, because it's Harry Maguire. And not that I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying, yes, it's going to have an effect on mental health and it's good that we're talking about it. But we we're didn't offer selective who we offer this service to, yeah. I mean, that that's what it comes down to. And I know people are bringing up what happened in Greece. And obviously that is probably very traumatizing. And I totally get that. But... Listen, like it was partially self-inflicted. I'm not saying that there wasn't a situation that happened. We still don't know what the full situation is. But in a way, if it was any other player, will they be offered the same level of let's be careful, let's treat Harry Maguire like he's a child, like kind of reaction. Like if it was Pogba in Greece and that same situation happened, I don't think we would have had the same exact like definitely not from the media not from the media no definitely and you know I I always think about um Melanie Martial um or whatever uh I think they're married now but she said that when Jose was the manager and he fined Martial for leaving the preseason tour to like go see the baby and obviously she was sick and she she mentioned how like a strain it put on them as a whole and how like it put on him and how traumatic and she used the word abuse we didn't sit here and go oh marcel didn't score in a few matches let's be careful with him because he's had he's going through a lot no people are calling for him to be sold and all kinds of horrible things jesse's entire life is a bit of a train wreck for the past year or so and he came out and said that it was seriously taken out of him and not a lot of people have been sympathetic like so I, I get it like I get that we have to be careful with Harry Maguire I just don't know why people are writing essays on how he can do no wrong and we have to support him through everything like no if he's playing bad we need to say that he's playing bad and he's been playing bad it's not it's not just now it's not over the summer it wasn't towards the end of last season like he had a chunk of last season in the middle that he was okay he was good but he had a lot of okay to bad performances last season too like yeah if you're expecting me to be overly sympathetic and like gentle with having a bar it's not happening like it i'm sorry if that's what you signed up for <laughs> but, Anyways, it was a good it was a good equalize for him and he needed it and it's gonna be an esteem boost and hopefully he can get back to being back to no i wasn't gonna say back to being but he can maybe improve his defending skills it was a good it was a good header we needed it. he needed it and even like his celebration was quite muted so. yeah that like sigh of relief that he let yeah. out after he scored 
I felt something then. I was just like, okay, like we're getting somewhere. So he, if he wants yeah. to do his talking on the pitch, I respect him 110% for it, but yeah, he needs to make up for quite a bit. I mean, all it takes is like a chunk of good performances. Like he puts in eight, nine out of 10 performances. No one's going to, no one's going to care anymore. Yeah, of course. Like, okay. Well, he's that's good. what we paid for. That's what he's doing. Exactly. You know, so hopefully yeah. yesterday was a good start to run of good games for Harry Maguire so he can bounce back. De Gea had a couple of awesome saves yeah. around like the 30 minute mark, which was great. I like, I, I have two theories on this. I think one is that the common theory that everyone has is that now that Henderson's here, there's competition, which means De Gea is going back to being his best because for a long time he was our only option perform yeah our yeah our only option but also our only performing player like he's been the only good player for a chunk of like the last seven years but the second thing I have is I wonder if like last season he like last season and maybe towards the end of the previous season he kind of like let off steam a little bit just because he thought like oh, I have a good defense in front of me. I can lose my concentration just a bit. And then after this train wreck of whatever Lindelof, Baye, Maguire, all of them are doing, she's like, no, never mind. I think I'm back to having to be sharp all the time because I might as well have Jones and Small in front of me. Yeah, it could be. But so I, I don't know what it is. Maybe a mixture of it been... too. Like he knows that his defense are up to par. So he's just like trying to up his game. And it's the same. I mean, he has, he knows that, uh, Henderson's waiting in the wings so yeah it, it mean, could be a combination of the two whatever works I mean if we get peak De Gea back I, I mean if we get peak De Gea back that that's just automatically we're way better than we were then Bruno missed his first ever penalty for us in the 58th minute so nothing is sacred anymore <laughs> I mean it was a good save I'll give, it, it, I'll give it was a good that. save it was a good save but for me, and that then, wasn't a penalty also. So maybe just a little bit of karmic retribution there because I felt like the ball was going right for Marcus. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't a penalty, but whatever. Pen just I mean, we'll take it. We'll take it. But <laughs> um, even yeah. be- it was weird. when and, and I could feel it in my bones. Like I was like, oh, he's going to, I feel like he's going to miss. And normally it always happens because of, before a penalty, but, and Bruno always proves me wrong. And I was just like, oh. So he is human. Bruno changed up his little hop thing. So it, it was, I had a bad feeling about it. But he doesn't, he doesn't always do the hop thing. He chooses when, he didn't do it for Spurs. The penalty we had against Spurs, he didn't hop. I think oh, he yeah. chooses, he like tries to mix it up a bit. But yeah, I had a bad feeling for this one. I don't know why. And, but he made, he more than made up for it. Yeah. Um, I liked his quote though. I don't know if it's a real quote because I haven't seen the video of it, but it's going around like it's a real quote where he's just like, oh, I'd like to congratulate the goalkeeper for being the first one to save a penalty. I saw that. I don't know if it's legit, but it could be. He could he could have said it. I feel like it's very much on brand for him. It's totally on brand for him, which is why I didn't even question if it was real. But then I'm like, I, I didn't see a video of it. So now I'm like, maybe it's not real, but... If it is real, that's totally on brand. And he's my favorite comic book villain at this point. He's just <laughs> he's so funny. But yeah, uh, Bruno more than made up for it. Uh, oh, it was such a beautiful goal. Before the goal, though, um, Ali bought on Pogba and Van de Beek for... Did you James. see the little exchange with, with Pogba and Ali before he came off? No. Before he came on? He was like smiling and everything. I was like, oh, what's this? They were like chatting and Pog was just like smiling. Look, we're still 1-1. This isn't, but it was, it was, I don't know, for all the talk that Pog isn't happy and the dressing room's been lost. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the case. The thing is, like, I don't, 
I don't know where the Pogba take comes from. Because, like, yeah, he says stuff about Zidane and Real Madrid. But, like, he's asked those questions. Like, what is he supposed to say? I'm pretty sure no one would say no to Real Madrid. Like, a lot of people wouldn't, you know, playing underneath your childhood hero and playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world. Of course he's going to say it would be an honor and he'd love to have the opportunity. There is not a French player on this planet that gets asked a question. And he's not asked the question of Real Madrid. He's always asked the question of Zidane. Like, the media knows how to angle that question to get a quote out of Pogba. It's always a question of, would you like to play under Zidane? There's not a French player, especially in Pogba's age group, that's going to be like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to refuse to play under the player that I watched win a World Cup for us in 98. Like, I'm not going, like... Who's going to say that? No one. Go ask Mbappe the question. He's going to say the exact same thing. Like, it, it's it's dumb. Um, but Anyway, so Pogba and Donny came on and, like, the game just flipped on his head. I, I think it was Pogba that came on first for James. Can we talk about James? I feel like he wasn't that bad. He wasn't great, mm-hmm. but it was an improvement on his previous performances. Um, I feel like you're going to disagree. <laughs> I feel like he wasn't bad. He wasn't oh, bad. Oh, wait. Actually... James came on, came off for Van de Beek, and Fred came on for came off for Pogba. Sorry, I thought Fred was okay though. Like, yeah, Fred was that, okay. He was okay in like a Fred kind of way, like fine. James was okay in a James James kind of way. Like we're gonna we're grading on a curve, right? Like we're grading on like uh, a scale of. Is it a bad James performance or a good James performance? And this is like an okay James performance. It was fine. Like for Daniel, James, yeah, he didn't do anything like bad. He didn't do anything that was great, but it was he was okay. Just, he didn't bother always, me. He wasn't one of the players that was like you know every time he touched the ball, I was like, oh god, what are you doing? It wasn't I mean, one no of those was, performances. No one was yeah, that bad today. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Um, I just think with Daniel James, I feel like his feet are a lot faster than his brain. So like. He just, he doesn't know what to do with the ball once he has the ball. So he just runs. And I'm just like, Daniel James would be much better under a different manager for a different club. Yeah, maybe. Like, I was thinking, I was like, um, I heard it on a different podcast. I don't know which one. Um, Someone bought up Leeds and working under Bielsa. And I was just like, that would be awesome for James. Because, yeah, it would. Because if he, he's a teacher. He would teach James how to, whatever, hone your skills into something that functions as like a proper player. He's not going to get that with Ollie because Ollie's no. not. Ollie's with just not the anything. coaching um, people in general, I think. I don't think there's anyone who can like sit with him and just go through what he needs to improve upon. I, I don't know. I feel like that's so, one of the ma- main things that we're missing at United. I'll give it that, but I just don't know what he's going to offer. And I don't know what Fred's going to offer. And I actually do like Fred, but it, it's kind of the same where Fred was okay. Like he did everything. Yeah. But then once Donnie and Pogba came on, you were just like, this is what we've been missing. Yeah. All of these players and even McTominay, for example, because he wasn't taken off, but I, I kind of felt the same way about him where he was fine. Like all of these players do everything fine. But then you see like actual good players come on and you're like, right. So fine isn't enough. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the Bruno goal. So it all starts oh, from a Newcastle free kick. Maguire heads it clear. And Donnie collects it on the edge of the area. He does a nice little one-two with Bruno. He finds Mata near the halfway line. And then he, which sets Reggie off with like a beautiful pass. I mean, Mata's passing is just 
and his his oh. just like his knowledge of where the other players is going to be. He's oh, he's so good. And then he Rashford holds the ball up quite well. Bruno overlaps, and he perfectly pinpoints the shot to the top. He hits the post. He hits the inner post. So he like he had to aim it like perfectly well. It was a rocket. It was a really, really, really good goal. And yeah, great movement all around. It was, it was so slick. It reminds me of almost 2009 Barcelona yeah. level of like tiki-taka slick. It was just Bruno and Donny like on the same wavelength, passing him back and forth. Mata like just reading where Rashford's going to run, passing it. Rashford's hold up play. Bruno overlapping every every piece was absolutely perfect and actually you know what though this is the part where i'm gonna defend ollie when things work for united yeah they work so well it's just they don't work often enough to justify it but oh god that was beautiful it was beautiful the next goal is also beautiful one decided to strike no I'm, one I'm expected this <laughs> i'm, I'm I'm still not convinced it's not a cross gone wrong. Like it could I know be. it could be. I, like Bruno said the same thing. I, I know Juan Bissaka was just like, yeah, I I took a shot, and I'm just like, yeah, you're gonna have to say that now that you scored. But but I'm really happy for him. And he hit it. Like, it was a nice little one-two with Rashford. Again, Rashford involved with pretty much all of the goals, apart from the Maguire one. Rashford Ra- played really well yesterday as well. Rashford had a great game. Um, um, yeah, and Wan-Bissaka just like, went storming forward. I don't think the defenders were expecting him to do that, and he just fires an absolute bullet. Which... The entire team's face it after <laughs> Wan-Bissaka scored was... <laughs> like a mix of shock and like just pure joy. So basically, we all know what the situation with um, watching the game is right now because of, uh, you know, money and what people are charging to watch them right now. So basically, my video <laughs> was behind. It was behind. She's choosing her words very, very carefully. My video was behind. And so when... I saw what happened. I just had to text Amy. I was just like, Wanda Saka, really? Like, wait, are we sure? Like, this is not... Because I was totally taken back. Like, I never thought he was going to score a goal, let alone, like, a goal that good. So, I'm... Yeah. Yeah, I'm really happy for him. And he he needed that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, he's getting a lot of stick for really... Everything. Yeah. And he hasn't had a good season so far, but, like, no one had a good season so far, so... I'm glad he had Can that. Can I just say that Sane Maximin was giving him a hard time at some points. Also, he's a really good player. I was like, who is this prime Messi I'm seeing? And I was like, oh, it's him. <sighs> he was like skipping players left, right, and center. And then just Scott McTominay yeah. comes barging in out of nowhere and just flatters him. But <laughs> I was like, he's really good. He's really, really good. Newcastle were okay. Like, yeah, they played deep. Like, it wasn't like a rollover. Like, you see the scoring, just like, oh, it was really easy. It wasn't to get through the defense. I think we, they struggled actually at the end when their goalkeeper kind of got injured and he was hobbling around. I mean, we scored in the 86, 90, and 96 minutes. Yeah. Like, there was every they, chance that. They ran out of steam, I think. But yeah. And then obviously, Marcus scored in the 96 minute. And yeah, in the end, it looks routine. It didn't feel routine no for parts of the month but yeah. job done i mean considering we lost 6-1 last time out and we haven't had any match that we actually look comfortable in i i i'd say this is a one for us i wouldn't say we we're comfortable throughout the whole thing like it was definitely more nervy than it needed to be and i think we still get 
basics wrong like that's like the most frustrating thing about united as a whole is that we get routine things very wrong sometimes and i can't tell you like specific moments but like sometimes i'll be watching a match and you'll see a player you know fred mctomas someone passing it when they should have passing it to someone when they should have passed it to someone else and you're just kind of like what is going on like what is the decision making in this team but you know we got it right in the end it could have gone very differently like if this match ended 1-1 we wouldn't sit here and say all of these players had a good game because ultimately yeah they wouldn't have but who was your man of the match was matt oh same yeah yeah okay yeah okay we're, we're, we're in I mean, agreement yeah it's matter uh his whatever the one of farewell tour has been <laughs> uh, has been totally worth it i don't his United career as a whole makes just makes me upset because no one used him the way he's supposed to. And then Jose Mourinho ruined everything that he touches. So um, I'm just glad that we're going to get at least something decent before he eventually leaves. So Who was your worst yeah. player? And I feel like we're going to agree on this as well. James? What? No, I went Shaw. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Shaw. <laughs> yeah, obviously Shaw. <laughs> obviously Shaw. <laughs> I was like, I, I thought we just said that he had an okay-ish game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had an okay-ish game. Other people had good games. But I forgot about Shaw having, like, a bad game. Because I, I, I ignore Luke Shaw's existence whenever I can. So, yeah, we're looking forward to Talese starting against PSG. Yeah. He probably won't. So last time out, you said that you hope Luke Shaw never starts a match. And I said, oh, no, he's going to start one on when we come back. And you were like, wait, why? And then I was like, I don't know. And at that point, it was just me getting it wrong. But apparently, I didn't get it wrong and Luke Shaw started. I, I thought he was, like, he was going to put him on at some point. But he didn't see the need to, apparently. But, yeah, I can't wait to watch Telly's play. And also now I'm stupidly excited for Cavani to play as well, which is, I don't know why I'm excited yeah, about it, but it, I am. I'm telling you, United have, like, it, it's Stockholm Syndrome. It's, it literally is. Because it was the same thing with Igalo when minutes before we signed him, and I was just like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And then the next thing I know, I'm, like, about to buy a Nigerian and be like Uncle Jude like let's go and the only one I never came around to was Sanchez Ugh. Which, yeah I don't think anyone ever got around to that but everyone else I'm just sort of like I don't want this player but now that they're here let me just go full like propaganda like we're gonna I'm gonna start Cavani propaganda next week when he scores oh wait he, he can't, can't play next week I think the week after okay. when he plays and he scores a hat trick I'm gonna be loud about it because, of course, he's going to score a hat-trick. There's no doubt about There's that. There's no middle with us. You either score a hat-trick or you're just <laughs> you <know>? a disastrous flop. <laughs> it's one or the other. I mean, it's like it's the two extremes with like how we react to that game as well. It's like we're either the greatest team in existence or we belong in League 2. There's like nothing in between. I think that's all I have to say for the men. I think we should take a break, come back, and talk about the women's yes. game. What yeah, do let's do that. So, Amy, what's your three-word review on the women's game? Mine is Russo Double Trouble. She is going to be a really, really great player. And also have a little bit of a crush. (laughs) Yeah. Well, leading to that, mine is Ethan (laughs) Press, which they scored their first goal. So, I'm hyped about that. So, Uh, Pete's goal um, was so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was just... It was a bullet. 
So let's, I guess we should start from the beginning of the game. I, we started very well, I thought. So I didn't, I didn't catch most of the beginning because it's early in the morning for me and I'm not a functioning person before a certain hour on the weekends. But um, from what I saw, from what I saw, we started very well. And then Russo scored 20 minutes into the game. And, you know, it was a fine goal. And we were, like, on top the entire way through. So there was no real, like, threat, even though at some points West Ham did look like they were getting into it, but they weren't. Um, and then, obviously, the Heath goal, 23rd minute, was brilliant. Um, it's her first goal for the club. And yeah. what a strike. It was a bullet. Then West Ham got one back from Emily Van Edmond. Yeah. But right before halftime, Russo scored again. So Russo got her double. And then Casey took off Heath and Zellum and bought on Hanson and Ladd, which... Um, yeah, it was a bit... It wasn't the worst decision, but I, it it made me like I don't know. I mean, I didn't, I didn't they were playing badly, so why no, would you? I mean, obviously they weren't. Yeah, it just it felt like a weird decision at that time. But I mean, it wasn't like we were in any serious threat, and it might just be like players getting minutes and stuff. So there's that. Then press came on for Russo in the 77th minute, and then Rachel Daly for our, scored for West Ham oh. in the 83rd minute. That, that was, was a weird goal. That was because... a cross that just ended up in the back of the net. And I think, to be fair, Erps kind of fumbled it, but that was a legit cross that ended up in the back of the net. Yeah, I know we were saying that about Juan Bazaga's goal, but that one, I, I don't think she meant it. It was just, it was weirdly flopped. It was a weird goal. Can I read, like, the defense but... for both... West Ham goals was a little bit shambolic. And I was like, hmm, it's not. Normally the goals are a bit yeah. more, you know, organized in the defense. But they kind of, I don't know if it was just like a lack of concentration and they just caught them by, you know, off their guards. But yeah, it was a bit. This entire, this entire season has kind of been that in general. Like it's just been very uh, defensively questionable for, for, for the girls. Yeah. Because, well, for, for, for the men, we know about that let their their own specific brand of terrible but like even the girls have been kind of mm, questionable not as solid as they used to be i feel yeah so it, it feel it felt not lazy but kind of just yeah a bit lazy they just they knew the game wasn't gonna they weren't in any real threat to lose so they were just kind of like oh let's take our foot off the gas pedal yeah. for a bit kind of thing yeah but obviously we didn't have a problem because then Kristen press scored in the 87th minute, it it was a simple tap-in, but the movement and everything around that was pretty awesome, I think. So in the end, 4-2 win, comfortable, efficient, and actually the most important thing that happened is that Manchester City uh, drew today, and Everton yeah. dropped points as well. So we're now sitting third. I mean, Chelsea have a game in hand, but I mean, that we're making moves it pretty wild. And so many people are excited to see the fact that Heath and Prez play for us now and they scored for us. Like, it's a very exciting event, I guess. I'm, I'm like, trying to find the word I'm looking for. But, yeah. Do you have anything on, like, the game? It, it was very straightforward. I'm, like, like, unlike the men's game, which, even though the 4-1 looked a bit um, 
straightforward. The actual events of the game were a lot more closer, but this West Ham weren't in it at all for me. What, what was interesting to see is that they actually had a lot more possession than we did. It was 60-40 for them. Um, we had a lot more shots yeah. and everything, so we controlled the game a bit more, but we lost out on possession, which is a bit weird because normally we like controlling, like dictating the way the game goes, so I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see the full um, game. I'm going to say that. So We were kind of sloppy with possession this season as well, actually, now that I think about it. I remember what was it the Chelsea game the first game of the season uh, where I think we spent like the first 60 minutes just not holding possession I would say we had like 10% or something which is an exaggeration but yeah we've been kind of sloppy on the possession this season as well we could be better I mean yeah the, the se- season is still young and we can definitely no this improve, is, they're gonna improve for sure for what it is and stuff it it's a good it was a good match and they have two weeks off I think two and a half weeks off yeah. before their next match I think it's like the day before my birthday November 4th or something the next yeah the next game's yeah. on the 4th uh, what's your who's your man of the match for the girls you know what I'm gonna say <laughs> it was Tobin Heath obviously it was Alexi Russo I'm not actually me. it was I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I would say it was probably Russo. I mean, two goals, yeah, one really assist. Did, yeah. You can't really do better yeah. than that. No, you can't. Shit, he, he, like, I'm, I'm going to give, like, Heath's goal was the best goal of the match. Heath's goal was the best goal of the match, yeah. yeah. And then Russo was probably man of the match. Who was the worst player? I don't I don't, I don't think, think there's, I yeah, maybe, I'm just gonna, I'm sorry, I, I, I really feel bad, like, for the men, I'm just like, it's Shaw, but for the girls, I'm like, oh no, Um, I think Earps maybe just for the goal, I don't know, like, I mean, I feel like she wasn't tested that much, probably, but I, she yeah, could have collected know. that that from uh, Daly, I think. Yeah, I don't know, I mean, no one was, like, below a six and a half, um, no one was below, like, a seven, Yeah. I think next week we're gonna do, like, actual grades per player but we we weren't prepared enough to do it this week but yeah yeah like i could say easily the shaw was like a five or something in that match but i i don't know who was particularly bad in this one so i mean yeah that's it do you want to talk about um, project big picture is that what it's called yeah yeah project big picture so we're gonna take a break and we're gonna see what our crazy stupid club decided to do after the break So, Liz, because I know you've done the research, tell me about Project Big Picture. What what did they want? What did the Big Six want? Okay, so Project Big Picture is it was set up by Liverpool and Manchester United. So we're we're to blame for oh, most of this of junk course, that I'm of course, tell you. it's us. So it's a proposed change to the Premier League setup for the upcoming season. So some of the changes that they decided, they're pretty insane. Like, I'm going to read them off to you, but uh, yeah, they're pretty crazy. The first thing they want to do is reduce the number of clubs from 20 to 18, which right off the bat, that is mm-hmm. a bad decision. But yeah. yeah and how would can, they get to be the it. ones to the, like put that forward? That's everyone's point. Like, why are you deciding this? Which actually is another point that I have. I the, mean, other, oh, sorry. the other thought behind it is they would have four less games, which would maybe which, be beneficial in the long term because we've always been saying how we play a lot more games yeah. in the Premier League. But no, besides See, the point, it, it's, it shouldn't be no, them to come the up thing, with though. these things. But that's the thing, though. That's not what their intention is. Their intention isn't to lower the fixture list because they also want to get rid of the EFL Cup, so the League Cup, Carabao Cup, whatever it's called, and the Community Shield, which, again, on the surface, sounds like, oh, they're just trying to 
streamline the season and get rid of fixtures. But the thing is, you remember last year when they were proposing that third European Super League and things like that. So all of these clubs are not cutting these fixtures to be like, oh, we want to make things easier for us. It's no, we would rather play the European games to make money versus these games, which only really appeals to some clubs because obviously if you're, I don't know, Fulham, those two extra games that you would have, for example or four extra games you would have is a lot of money. The Mm. League Cup is a lot of money. So they didn't really think about that. The third thing they want to do is the 16th place team. So the bottom two, so 17 and 18 would be relegated. But then 16 would join a playoff with championship teams in third, fourth, and fifth. And they would have like a a playoff system, which is very similar to Germany, I think, that they have that. Like one of the teams at the bottom would do a playoff with another team, which actually is... That that's actually a pretty good way of doing things, in my opinion. They could keep that. That idea is pretty cool. But the next one, this is the big controversial one. Only nine clubs would get special powers over rule change, broadcasting rights, and even club takeovers. So our yeah, what? so Arsenal, Chelsea, Everton, Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City, Southampton, Tottenham, and West Ham are going to be the only ones with voting rights. What? How do they get to decide who the nine are? Like, why does Southampton get it? Yeah, I don't know where these nine teams came from. Um, I, I didn't look at that, but yeah. So, but like currently all 20 clubs vote on every issue and you need a majority of 14 yeah. to pass any rule but they changed it so only nine would do that and then the other controversy related to that is basically the Premier League smaller clubs have no saying what happens with the six, big six holding all the power and while you can say Everton, Southampton, West Ham are in there they're outnumbered by United City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal and yeah. Tottenham so obviously every decision is going to go the big six way because they're going to vote together on anything related to money so that that becomes the big controversy they're just like they're taking power away from you know Aston Villa Fulham like all of these clubs that should have just as much say because obviously it affects them as well so then they proposed uh, a 450 million dollar rescue for all the clubs from Premier League to League Two which sounds good but again the split of that money is very like distinctly unfair because Obviously, United is going to get part of that bailout. And it's like, why does United need that money when, you know, it's, it's not needs-based. It's not... Uh, it's just it goes, like, everyone gets a share. Yeah, and, and that's it, it. It's not... If Fulham needed more than City, they're going to yeah, get more money. But then it's like, why does City need money? They don't. They don't. But they're going to get money. So, again, that is also within this, like, weird cash grab thing that they're going to do. The next thing is 25% of Premier League's annual revenue would go to EFL clubs instead of what it's 4% now. But in doing that, they scrape the parachute payments, which is the money that's given to clubs when they're relegated to keep them afloat. So they're basically saying, yeah, but you're going to get this money. So we're going to take away that money. And that money was more useful for them because it's very specifically for them. For them. So if Fulham, and I keep using Fulham as an example because <laughs> they're going to get relegated. But if Fulham gets relegated, they get a specific amount of money that has been calculated to protect yeah. them and their survival. Is the 25% going to cover those costs? Maybe. Like, I don't know about that. But obviously, annual revenue changes every year. We're going to have a lower annual revenue this year because of COVID and we're not making money. The Premier League as a whole. So that is another issue. And then there's 
price caps on tickets to away games, which is fine. Like that, everyone agrees with. That's yeah, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. So they're gonna do like a redesigned loan system. So which actually could work. I mean, I know Spain has like you know Barcelona B or like um, the Castilla and stuff like that, and it's like a second league for the youth teams, which I or a loan system that work a little bit differently so they can play better and player development changes. So that I don't really have an issue with. They're extending preseason, which which seems like a marketing scheme again, because it's like, you know, you get to go to Southeast Asia or America and make money off of whatever. I don't know how much use that is, but... And then a later league start date. And then funding will be provided to set up a new and independent women's league, which... This is the part where a lot of people were completely turned off because right now the Women's League is governed under the FA and everything is relatively the same. Like funding is different and stuff, but just general governance is the same. By doing this, they're basically taking existing like the Women's League out and they're just like, we're going to we're going to fund something but it's going to be like over there and it has nothing to do with the FA as the Premier League which I don't I don't think that's fair because it's like if you want to grow the if you want to grow the women's game you should keep them with the men like that's how you grow it mm-hmm. like you can't just be like let's get rid of this and yeah we'll give them money to start their own thing but separate from us like that that's not that's not right yeah. so what does all of this mean <laughs> is um, this would just see like a huge power shift on big decisions such as rule changes and broadcasting rights. These things would shift completely in the direction of the big six and that just it, it's like a huge power grab. It just it just feels like United and Liverpool were like we feel like we're losing control on our financial dominance in the Premier League so we're going to just shift all of this in our favor. That's- yeah it seems like it was those two who really pushed for it yeah or they presented it yeah so it's been rejected so that's the good part is it's been <laughs> scraped <laughs> but obviously the fact that it got as far as it did means that the big premier league clubs especially the big two in the northwest they are gonna try something again in the future to shift the overall st- structure of how the premier league is set up and um just the idea that these big clubs are somehow looking out for smaller clubs and that's the justification that they're putting out that they care more because they know how clubs are run instead of these suits is um yeah it doesn't it's a disgrace. Like, obviously, Liverpool or Manchester United don't care about the well-being of, I don't know, Fulham. Like, <laughs> they just don't care of, like, teams in League 2 or League uh, 1 and the championship. They don't care. Um, yeah. United and Liverpool also said that their little project being thrown out as a blessing in disguise because now issues in air quotes, that plague the Premier League will now be discussed. And that's what they want. But that's obviously just a spin because now it's just a PR spin of, oh, well, our idea, everyone told us it's terrible. But look, we bought all these issues to the forefront, so let's talk about them. And yeah, it just seems like a terribly designed power grab. And also, can you imagine Woodward running the Premier League when he can... (laughs) Or not just the Premier League, like the English league structure when he can barely run United. Barely. He can't run it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the full big picture, I guess, of what's going on. And, um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, yeah, it, it seems really capitalistic from 
uh, I mean, it's it's sad that you see football just becoming about the money at the end of the day and not about the. I mean, it's been like that for a while, but just like this is just a blatant evidence of the way the yeah, it's it's a cash cow. That's it. It's it's so clear that that's all that they're saying. And yeah, well, of course, it would make sense that United would be the one to put this forward, given how the club is run. I mean, of it course. makes complete sense. And like the absolute ridiculousness of all of this is it's actually heightened by the fact that fans aren't in the stadium right now so we're more disconnected now than we ever were like i've said this that the biggest problem with the glazer takeover of united is that it just gentrified football to like an obnoxious degree well this which we're behind as well is it's gonna just kill the soul of the sport like I know it's been knocked out for now, but obviously they're going to come up with something else very similar very soon. And that's just, yeah, uh, yeah depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so on that depressing note, do you want to take a break and talk about PSG and Chelsea, which will definitely yeah. be more lighthearted and easy? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> So I was just scrolling through Twitter and I just saw the video that's going around of Sergio Aguero grabbing the linesman by her neck. Like it's not, it's not grabbing her, like he's not choking her, but he grabs her like by the back of her head. I was just like, that's yeah. very inappropriate. Even if it was a man, I'm not saying like, it's it's just inappropriate because you don't do that to a referee in the first place. But, like, he wouldn't have done that if it was a man. Like, it was patronizing yeah. and gross. Like, uh, he should have thought, started At first, for I thought it. it was, like, at the end of the game. And I thought he was just, like... And I thought that was it. But then I just saw the whole thing. He was literally squaring up to her about a decision she took. And was, like, trying to intimidate her. And then he just grabbed her by the neck. I was like, what the... It was really unprofessional. It was very unprofessional. It was very gross and inappropriate. And honestly, I'm, like those kind of things should be like red card offenses. Like if you grab a referee, that you're off. Like it doesn't. And everyone was saying like, oh, if it was a man, you wouldn't be reacting this way. But it was like, but Ronaldo was like lightly pushed the referee that one time, and he got red carded on the spot. So how is this any different? Like yeah, he should have gotten something. Should have been issued a yellow. At the very least. Something. That, yeah. It was just uh, not acknowledged. And she she seemed very, like, uncomfortable with it. She seemed uncomfortable, it. yeah. Like, as soon as, like, she, like, flinches. And I, like, flinched. At, like, just watching it. It's just, ugh, gross. Yeah, I was just seeing it. And I was very pissed off now. Because, ugh. Anyways, PSG. <laughs> How many goals are they going to score? Oh, I mean, we're going to win 4-2, right? Obviously. <laughs> No, yeah, it's gonna be uh, Mason quadruple. How amazing! <laughs> call it when they score for goals. <laughs> what is, is, is there a word for it? Yeah, it could be a quadruple, right? Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's not happening, so yeah. we don't have to worry about that. Um, By the way, what? Why wasn't Mason in the squad yesterday? Like, not even on the bench. That was weird. Always, always says he has a knock, which I. Believe it with whatever amount you believe Ollie's comments with, I guess. But apparently he wasn't fit enough for the game, so he didn't play. I don't know if that's a lie and he's just saving Mason for PSG, but there's that. Uh, Martial will be available for this game, so that's some good news. That's good, yeah. Well, PSG have got quite a lot of people who are out. So Kerr is injured, Bernat, Icardi, and Verratti 
Verratti are all injured. If we're not winning, though. hold it to a 1-0 loss, I'll be happy. Like, that's respectable. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to be the case. Yes. It's just not... If it's not 6-1, it's fine. What if it's 7-1? No. What if it's 5-1? <laughs> like, that's a very specific metric, like, if it's not 6-1. But, I mean, okay, PSG and the Champions League are unpredictable. It's not a knockout. It's not, it's a, not knockout a knockout. Match, yeah, that's so it. it. But also, like, who who are if we play Lindelof and Maguire at the back, Mbappe is just gonna run circles around them, like <laughs> circles. He they're just gonna be dizzy after five minutes. He's just gonna send them into an early retirement. I I don't know if we should uh, play like Bailly? or Bai or if we should play it safe and like play both McTominay and Manich to hold the back and be very defensive. But the thing is, like, okay, we can throw PSG out. Like, we're not gonna beat them. But we're not going to be Leipzig either. Like, there's no way we're getting through this group, right? Like, am I the only one that's just looking at the group that we got? And I'm like, there's no way that we're no going to get through this. No, I don't think so. So might as well just play our first team, give them Champions League experience. And in that case, like, maybe we'll fluke a win and PSG would have a bad day. Right? I don't know. So anyways, um, we could look at this a lot of different ways. We're going to lose. Is our prediction, yeah. but by how much, Liz? How do you think? What do you think? Three now, PSG. I'm gonna go two. I'm gonna be very, very. I mean, I'm, I feel like we're forgetting that the last time we played PSG when we lost at home, we played with Smalling and Lindelof at the back. But then again, is is Maguire so much no. better than Smalling? But then we also we had Young okay. and what's his face? Oh no, Shaw. What we had Shaw? How did we line up for that PSG? Yeah, we had Shaw. But yeah, we had Young and we have, well, Aaron Wabisaka. He's not that great at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know how to spin this. Only Im- but yeah, Tuna, I'm- the only improvement we have is Wabisaka and I guess Maguire, maybe. I, the only thing I can see it maybe I mean, working out is if, I don't know if Aaron Wabisaka is probably going to play. Does Neymar play on his side? Yes. Or Shaw's side? Wabisaka's side. Okay, so maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, he can pocket Neymar like he did Raheem Sterling. Well, one of them is going to get Neymar. One of them is going to get Mbappe. Oh dear lord! So <laughs> I'm just trying to, to imagine. Just I'm just trying to imagine Luke Shaw trying to control Kylian Mbappe. <laughs> or maybe Teles can play. Wait, 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 Mbappe's wait, wait. Just... Teles can play. I I don't know how good he's going to be against Kylian Mbappe, but to be fair, that's a like, he's going to be tr- tossed into the deep end if he starts against PSG, isn't he? Uh, I, I I think all four of our defenders, no matter which combination that we go by, will probably retire at halftime. <laughs> just because I, I it's just going to be a nightmare for them. I love how people are like, oh, but we beat PSG last time. Yeah, that was a flu and a random handball that got us and the pl- a random win. And the player who scored two of the goals. Yeah, he's not with us anymore, you guys. And his two goals were the scrappiest, ugliest yeah, things I've just ever pure, seen. I, if you want to see the definition of luck, just watch that game. <laughs> that match. Like, PSC don't even have Buffon anymore. Oh, they <laughs> like, have. To, like, oh, shit. What's his name? Um, oh, Rails, old keeper. Uh, Navas. Oh, he's really good. Buffon basically just threw the ball in his own net twice. Or yeah. just, like, messed it up. I mean, and Kara do you was... think we maybe managed to score one? Like, at least... Come at their defense. I mean, who 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 are their defenders? 
So we got Mbappe, Neymar, Icardi, who's out. Verratti's out. Paredes, Draxler, Backer, Kimpambe is out. Marquinhos is out. Florenzi and Navas. Okay, so like a good chunk of that lineup is going to be out. And to be fair, their defense isn't, it's not great. And their midfield, if Verratti's not there, is not great either. Yeah. So it's just, is our defense worse? Is yes. our defense worse than their defense? Yes. Is our midfield worse than their, their midfield? Their attacking players are then better than ours. But I mean, if we can control the game they're in a better midfield and cut out the balls that they're going to feed Neymar and Mbappe, because who's going to play up front so, with Pop- Mbappe Keane? The thing is, like, we can't control the midfield if we just play, like, yeah. how many match, because, like, so might as well. Not. I, I really want mm-hmm. to see Donny start this freaking game. Honestly, I would just throw Pogba, Donny, and Bruno all. I would, and leave yeah, the defense, okay, defense completely. Like, yeah, but who cares? You're going to lose anyway, even with McTominay match. I think he's going to go for our, like, the most trusted 11, which is going to be yeah. De Gea, yeah, Manic, Bruno, Pogba, Rashford, Martial in the middle, and Mason. And then, you know, the back line, the normal one. Yeah, that's... And then That's we can throw fine, Donny on, hopefully before like the 80th minute, because he always does his sub super freaking late. Uh, there was like a take I saw on Twitter that was like, Ali learned from Sir Alex that you need at least 20 minutes. That's why he put Pogba on in the 70th minute. I'm like, he does this once in a blue moon. Like, why are we pretending that he doesn't? He doesn't. It, like, every it's week? ridiculous. He always puts the subs no. on last possible minute and then they don't have enough time to influence the game. Maybe we'll just win. Maybe we'll just have like one of those matches that we randomly have where we're actually functional. I feel and it would good. be very, very positive <laughs> and I feel like this Newcastle game has boosted our confidence a little bit too much because it was not that good and the scoreline is just blinding us a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to stick with that. We're gonna I'm going to go for two. PSG. I'm going to have a bit more faith in our defense and going to go okay. for two. And then we have Chelsea on the weekend. Which is going to be another. Yeah, loss, I think. Maybe. Or, uh, I don't know. Their defense is pretty shambolic. Uh, honestly, I'm just going to take full credit for this, but I've been <laughs> saying it all season that Chelsea are going to struggle because they didn't buy any of the players that they needed to buy and they bought all the players that they didn't need to buy. So everyone was like, oh my God, Chelsea has such a great window. And I'm like, did they though? Like, did they fix their problem, or did they just buy like fifty new attacking midfielders that can't? Um, but obviously, Havertz and Timo Werner had yeah. good games, if if you can say. But yeah, no, say that. that's what I'm scared of because I don't think um, t- yeah, their defense is bad, but ours is equally bad. So it's just going to be literally a game of them scoring, then us scoring, then us scoring, and then them scoring, and it's just going to be. Like one of those. It's a question of their forwards are better than ours. Okay, well, just taking the ones that we do have, even if it's Mata, James, Marcus, and Mason, or, you know, whatever. Are we going to win this? Yeah, I think no. a draw. I think a draw is our best case scenario. They started the season with a draw against Brighton, then... No, sorry, a loss against Brighton, then a loss against Liverpool. They beat Barnsley in the League Cup. A 3-3 draw against West Brom. They lost some pens to Spurs in the League Cup. A 4-0 win against Crystal Palace. And a 3-3 draw against Southampton. They're conceding a lot. But so are we. Okay, what's your prediction? Come on. (laughs) So, uh, either a 2-0 or a 3-0 loss to PSG. And a 2-2 draw to Chelsea. (laughs) Is all keeping his job. And then we have Leipzig. I say yes. I think that may be the final nail in the coffin. To be fair, if it's a 2-0 loss and a 2-2 draw against Chelsea, he might stick around. I think it depends if we're absolutely humiliated by PSG. So, yeah, those are our predictions. We'll catch you on the other side of the break. 
Thank you guys for listening. For next week, we'll be covering the PSG and Chelsea uh, matches because we feel there's probably going to be a lot to unpack. So stay tuned for next week. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on our socials. We're at Miss United Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. And see you guys next week. Bye.